following message is from the 2023 Leaders Summit in Louisville, Kentucky. For more information on Harbor Network, please visit www.harbornetwork.com. Before I even get started, I want to just uh, rush um, to uh, express gratitude to be even standing in this place. Uh, if you uh, watch me walk up these steps and you were confused by who is this young dude? <laughs> Uh, in this blue sweater uh, that is hot, uh, very, very hot. Um, and why is he standing on that platform? I can promise you, uh, you are not more confused than I am. Uh, but uh, a lot of that just goes back to a dear friend of mine. And so I'm not even gonna look at you, Pastor Jamal, but man, I love you. <laughs> Uh, and, and I appreciate you, man, for your leadership. This is one of the godliest dudes I've ever been around. And uh, for him to be entrusted with such a great gift like this, man, uh, it just shows that God has his hand mightily upon you, brother. And uh, there are few men in this world that I will follow. And so I uh, praise God for you. I praise God for your godliness, your character. Uh, you were just a man after God's heart. And I, for a leader of your caliber to have that kind of character, um, it just makes no sense. So praise God for you, bro. Yep, man, praise God for you. Uh, and then I also want to say uh, praise the living God. My pastor was up here worshiping, Demetrius. Uh, y'all saw him in this corner over here. And so uh, salute you, my brother. Uh, and if you could believe it, he is a better handler of the text than he is a singer. Um, I know, don't get jealous, all y'all pastors, because <laughs> I know worship leaders don't come like that. <laughs> and don't start coveting. <laughs> we know that's breaking God's law. <laughs> so I don't want to hear about no, you know, slipping. <laughs> I don't want to hear about none of that. <laughs> yeah, I got this request from uh, Pastor John. <laughs> no, none of that, none of that. He's ours. But I do praise God for my pastor, uh, Demetrius Hicks. Uh, and then last but not least at all, uh, I want you to stand on your feet, young woman. The finest thing on two legs, objectively. Brilliant, bad, beautiful. My wife, uh, Brittany Gray, uh, one of the godliest women uh, I have ever been able uh, to experience life with. Baby, I love you so, so, so much. Um, and thank you for being here. All right, uh, let's get to this text. We're going to be in Ephesians. Uh, and... I'm just going to take it as an act of God's grace uh, because my sister, Dr. Bates, I'm going to just call her Dr. Bates, uh, she's been talking about the spirit leading, and uh, I feel like four times over, many people have preached my sermon, <laughs> so I hope this don't feel redundant, uh, but this is Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verse 14 through 21, and as the text calls us to, I'm going to actually read this text from my knees and pray and then dive into the text of Scripture. It says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask, I like King James Version, or imagine according to the power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Everybody says, amen. Lord, these are the words of our very heart. This is our prayer today. And we pray that you would cultivate this in our hearts, even right now. 
Pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. All God's people say, amen, amen, amen. To infinity. Y'all know what it is. Uh, It was one of the most iconic phrases from one of the most iconic movies I watched growing up. And it was one of those movies that I watched a little bit too much to the point where I began to memorize the entirety of the movie. I mean, from beginning to end. And that doesn't mean I just knew the lines in the movie, the script, but I also knew all of the corresponding actions. And so every time the claw would come out, I would try to shift my mouth like the alien's mouth did. And the claw. (laughs) And then when Buzz Lightyear and Woody would fight, I was already a fighter because I just grew up being a fighter. And so out of nowhere, my big brother would get tackled (laughs) to my demise. (laughs) But every time this movie would come on, I was not just again quoting the script but I was also enacting the actions. We come to a letter, an epistle given by Paul himself, and what we see in this text is not just the script, but also the corresponding actions. And as believers in Jesus Christ, and I would dare say, especially within the reform circle, most of the time when we think of heresy, we think of heresy as a lack of integrity between what the script says and what our mouths say. But if I'm being honest, as I in my little time of studying scripture has studied Pauline epistles, I would actually say that that is only one type of heresy. But there was another type of heresy where not your mouth disagrees with the word, but your actual life disagrees with the word of God. And in this Paul, in this letter from Paul, we actually get both the script and the actions. The script, if you will, give, it comes to us in the first three chapters. The corresponding actions come to us in the final three chapters. And it's important to put these two things together. It's what theologians have called orthodoxy and orthopraxy, but careful though. Because if there is, listen to me, only practical imitation without prayerful communication, it is only pretentious imitation. And Jesus has a word for that, that is called hypocrisy. We can leave out of these doors imitating what we have heard. And far too often in conferences, people go go out applying the text without actually devoting themselves to the God of the text. And what this does is this creates a lack of integrity and inconsistency, as Brother Jonathan Pittington also also put it, not between what we say, listen, not between what we say and what we do, but between what we do and why we do it. In other words, if Ephesians, the entire letter was given to us in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 21 was not in here we would be tempted to just say what Paul says and do what Paul does without actually knowing the Christ who empowered him to do it. So my prayer this morning is that we will walk out of here with integrity. Do not try to fake it till you make it in this diversity camp, yo. Don't try to just do the stuff. The movie that came out recently was highly controversial and you know about it. It was simply entitled Lightyear, and it was a movie that one of the first movies that Disney uh, had where there was actually a full-on lesbian in a major role on screen, and she was married to a female on screen, and they had a child together on screen, and the Christians, especially in Orlando, Florida, where we have planned a new creation fellowship, was going crazy because of what was seen on screen, even though they didn't even see the movie themselves. It's another whole another story right there. But I look at that and I say, there's problems with that. First off, just as a side note, as a black dude, why is it that every time they want to do diversity stuff, <laughs> when it comes to the rainbow flag, <laughs> it always got to be my people. <laughs> as though we just coined that. That's just a side note and just a personal vendetta. I got to get off my chest. Back into the text. <laughs> 
But what I do see is that they were pursuing diversity from a virtue called inclusion. And if we are not careful, believers in Jesus Christ, here's what we'll do. We've been playing, listen to me, we have not been playing lead off, but we've been batting like ninth <laughs> bench ministry. You feel what I'm saying? When it comes to this ministry of reconciliation and diversity, and we've been doing it for so long and to such an extent and to such a degree where now we take our P's and Q's from the world on what diversity should actually look like. So this movie is a pursuit of diversity based on a virtue called inclusion. And if the church ain't careful, we will pursue diversity because of a virtue called inclusion. But hear what I'm saying. Hear what this text is saying. Paul is saying we do not pursue diversity based on a virtue called inclusion. We pursue diversity based on, hear me, a victor named Jesus. And we can celebrate that and we can get excited. But if we are not communing with that Jesus, if we don't know that Jesus, if we don't really have intimacy with that Jesus in the same way that I had intimacy with Toy Story, where we know what he said and we do what he does and we're not constantly communing with him, hear me, we will fall prey of just doing diversity for inclusion's sake. And I'm afraid that has already seeped its way into the church. So what do we do? Do we white knuckle ourselves and figure this out? Fight harder, try harder, earn our diversity in Jesus' name? Or do we fall to our knees and beg the Lord God Almighty to reverse the curse that was begun in Genesis chapter 3? I don't know about you, but for me and my house, we are going to kneel before the Lord. There's a few things in this text, and then I'm out of your way. And there's a few points that Paul wants to show us in terms of knowing Jesus in this idea of diversity. The first point is this, that he wants us to know Jesus by the Spirit strengthening us. He wants us to know Jesus by the Spirit strengthening us. Notice the text, verse 14. For this reason... I bow my knees before the Father. I'll read that again. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Let's say that together. For this reason. We got to ask ourselves the question, what in the world then, Paul, is the reason that you are bowing your knees before the Father? Well, we see all of that from everything that Paul has written up until this point. And it is his reasoning very clear in both chapter 3 and throughout the rest of the epistle, it is because of one thing, love. The love of the Lord Jesus Christ is the reason why he's bowing. Don't believe me? We first see the length of Jesus' love in chapter 1, verse 3 through 14. He says, I, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. That's eternity past or infinity past. That we should be holy and blameless before him in love. Here go our reform word. He predestined us for adoptions to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of the glory, his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. That is that Christ Jesus' love stretches out to infinity past. But Paul ain't done. He says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. This is all now stuff, by the way which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, not just to get you to heaven, but to unite, say unite, all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. That is infinity present. But Paul ain't done. 
In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who was a guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory, infinity future. (laughs) To infinity and beyond. The love of Christ stretches long, y'all. The length of the love of Christ stretches so far that our minds cannot even fathom it, Paul says. But Paul ain't done with the length of his love. He also wants to get to the heights of his love. He says in the the very next session for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what the hope is to which he has called you, what are the riches of his inglorious inheritance in the saints and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named not only in this age but also the one to come and what does Paul say in Philippians chapter 2 and at that name every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father hallelujah here's where you come in and he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all Can I just show you the picture Paul just painted? Paul just said, Jesus Christ is above everything, and yet that thing you're thinking of, he above that too. And even though Jesus Christ is above everything, and even that thing you're thinking of too, Jesus Christ in his humility has grafted in wicked people like you and I. Which means, believer in Jesus Christ, even if you are just the feet of Christ, you are higher than highest heights. The love of Christ goes to infinity heights. (laughs) To infinity what? And beyond. But he ain't done with the heights. He then goes to the depths of his love. What does he say? (laughs) We were dead in our trespasses and sins in which we once walked following the course of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and mind and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Is that not deep? How deep is deep? My brother... Brother Paul had a word yesterday, I think it was Nakati Ganai? Nakati Ganai? I hope I'm saying that right, Brother Paul. Is that? Shikata Ganai. I hope I said it. Is that better? All right, that was better. All right. I got approval. I got approval. I couldn't get that, that phrase out of my mind because it was translated, can't be helped. Do you know that your state was Shikati Ganai? can't be helped. It would have been deep love for him to go and catch people who were making mistakes. <laughs> you know how we talk about our sin. <laughs> yeah, I made another mistake, man. <laughs> Y'all know how our accountability groups go. <laughs> yeah, I just fell into sin again, man. <laughs> Stumbling again. <laughs> yeah, that would be real cute if that was all it was. But if you know anything about the word iniquity in Scripture... <laughs> It ain't about when you just stumble and fall and make a mistake. Iniquity speaks to when you have set your sights on the opposite direction of God's purpose and plan. And you said, I'm going to shoot on the other team's basket on purpose. 
is what we call a new creation fellowship, wickedness in the first degree, premeditated sin. And the text says that we were dead in that kind of transgression. That's deep, right? That's real deep, right? That's super deep, right? But God, but God, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together in Christ Jesus. His love runs deep to infinity and beyond. But now he gets to the breadth of his love. And you see that from verses 11 through 22. And I don't have the time. I wish I could read all of this, but I don't have the time to read all of this. But I want you to notice what he says. Therefore, remember, say remember, that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh and you are Gentiles in the flesh, most of you, called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Just want to remind you that most of you are Gentiles. Just want to remind you that most of you are Gentiles. I just want to one more time remind you that most of you are Gentiles. And I hear a lot of amens and agreements, but when I was preaching this text in certain contexts, some folks from certain people groups assumed that they were the Jews and I was the Gentile. <laughs> that I was the outsider and they needed to include me on their promises. <laughs> But if my history helps me, I think for the most part, we are all Gentiles in here for the most part. For the most part. Any Jewish background folks? Can I just see a hand? I see that hand, my brother. I see that hand. I see, I see that hand. I see that hand. Okay. I see that hand. So y'all can have beef with the rest of this. <laughs> but for all the rest of us. Remember that at one time, what, Paul? You were separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Hopeless, yo. But I have a question. How far does the breadth of God's love, does the width of God's love stretch? Here it is, verse 13. But now, <laughs> kind of like that, but God, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. All Gentiles, from every background, Romans says so beautifully, there is, I love this language, no distinction. For all have fallen short of the glory of God, and all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The breath of the love of Christ to infinity and beyond. So after this, like I would do, Paul get hyped. He just starts getting excited. He's like, yo, how in the world do I have the privilege of preaching this amazing gospel? He says, for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery, say mystery, was made known to me briefly uh, in Revelation as I have written briefly. When you read this, you could perceive my insight into the mystery, say mystery, of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to the holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and, hear this, partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. What about this gospel, Paul? Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power to me. Though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery. Say mystery again. Hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church... 
This is what the text that my brother was already talking about. Thank you for preaching my sermon. I appreciate you. I just met him yesterday and he already taking my stuff. <laughs> Telling you believers, y'all pastors, man. <laughs> so that through the church, hear this language, the manifold. Another word, multifaceted. Another word, as we've been t- talking about the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, multidimensional wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. What Paul just said is just a mouth is a, is a massive mouthful, but what he just said there is that this mystery, whatever this mystery is, this mystery, whatever this mystery is, this mystery, whatever this mystery is, is so powerful that once it gets revealed, the church that is birthed through it is actually the conduit through which all the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places understand the multifaceted, manifold, multidimensional wisdom of God. In other words, what Paul is saying, hear me, pastor, is that it requires a multifaceted, manifold, multidimensional people in order to display God's manifold, multifaceted, multidimensional wisdom. In other words, There's no one culture that can show off the wisdom of God. This is what takes diversity from a novelty to a necessity. It's cute when his preference is, yo, how you fry your chicken? (laughs) Yo, I like y'all rice. This is much better than mine. I like how you season your food. And we don't mind talking about diversity when it comes to seasonings, but we do mind talking about diversity when it comes to theology. Will you become a pupil, recognizing that there are professors from another culture from whom you need to learn? Because it is a necessity that a multidimensional people show off God's multidimensional wisdom. It's necessary. Why? Because the mystery has been revealed. I love this language of mystery because it reminds me of back in the day when we used to have these wonderful, wonderful, wonderful assemblies in school. No, they were not the assemblies where they were teaching you new rules or new conduct policies, but they were the assemblies that would happen on Cinco de Mayo, pinata time. I'll never forget as a kindergarten the first time I saw the glory that was the pinata Saw them roll that bad boy up and tie it on the little ceiling there. And I was like, yo, what's this? He said, it's a pinata. You never seen a pinata? I said, no, what's, what is it? They said, oh, you'll see. I was like, oh, bad, okay. So I'm sitting, you know, cross-legged, you know how it is. And I see them call somebody, you know, who wants to go first? I don't know what it is. Go first or what? And so this person, you know, everybody, yeah, me, 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 me. And the teacher never calls on those who are in front. <laughs> you could go. <laughs> and so they come down, you know, <laughs> it's little Sarah, and she, you know, she come down. And the ha- teacher hands her a little, you know, wooden stick. <laughs> and then she blindfolded her and turns it around. <laughs> and then little Sarah just, you know, just whiffing it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so who wants to go next? Me, 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 me. You know, call down, little Adam, yo, Adam, yo, can come. All right, so Adam comes down, grabs the wooden stick, blindfold, all right, spin him around, and then Adam, and then he, you know, he made connection with it, and that joint starts spinning. Like, oh, everybody like, oh. <laughs> and then you see, you know, the teacher's starting to get like a little annoyed, like, all right, man, it's taking too long. I only see dents in this joint. <laughs> the bell about to ring in five minutes. <laughs> so she called up her heavy hitters. <laughs> And she, you know, you know what it is. She first called up little Billy. Hey, Billy. My man got like biceps coming out, you know what I mean? 
And he come up to take a swing on that jaw. And it takes a hole, like right through it, bursts a little hole. And it's the first time, I'll I never forget, first time it's a little hole in the jaw. I'm like, wait, it's candy in that jaw. So I'm like, oh, snap. And everybody's scooting up because everybody wants their piece of candy. And then she says, hey, Johnny. Everybody know Johnny. He's like, hey, a little too big to be in you know, kindergarten, you know what I mean? <laughs> Say, yo, Johnny, you can come through. Johnny come through, grab the pet, and the teacher does this thing. You know, the bell about to ring. She got to get going. She puts the blindfold on, but she like, take it all, you know what I mean? <laughs> Spin him around only once. <laughs> she don't want him even dizzy for this job. <laughs> and Johnny take a swing. She the like, platter <laughs> And all the candy start bursting through. And not only does Johnny get to participate, but everybody who was sitting on the floor gets to partake of the jewels that were in the pinata. I just want you to know that that pinata, that mystery, has been here from the ages. And it began when God called Adam. And he said, yo, Adam, I, I'm actually going to make you in my image after my likeness, Genesis chapter 1. And he made male and female. He created them. And then he says, yo, Adam, you're in my image and my likeness, but check it out. You're alone right now, Genesis 2. So what I want to do is I want to send you a helper that is fit for you to express that my diversity cannot be pictured in singularity. So Adam sees his wife like, dang! First freestyle ever before hip-hop was ever on the scene. This is at last, bone in my bones and flesh in my flesh. Like, So my man Adam loses it because he loves diversity. And it was for God giving Adam a chance to just swing at the pinata. And then he brings Abram, says, yo, Abram, I got something better for you. He says, yo, I'm calling you from your land, your country, your kindred, but I am going to make of you a great name. I'm going to make you a conduit of great blessing, and I am going to make you a nation that blesses all nations. Uh, Abram don't really understand it. He's like, you don't even got a kid yet. I can't understand all that. Just give me a child. God's like, it's cool, but just know this is for you and generations to come. And Abram takes a swing at it, and you can see that pinata swinging. And then you see the exodus, and Moses is called to go preach a message to Pharaoh, let my people go. But what does he say? I am going to send plagues upon the Egyptians so that what? So that the whole earth will know that I am Yahweh. And you start to see dents being put in that pinata. And then God is like, yo, time coming. He said, yo, Zay, I need you to come through. And he brings out Isaiah the prophet, and he takes, he lets him swing a lot. He said, <laughs> he's like, you can go again. <laughs> you can go again. His name will be the wonderful counselor. His name will be the mighty God. His name will be the everlasting father. His name will be prince of peace. And in the middle of that, he says, he will be a light to the nations, plural. Then he says, even the Egyptians and the Assyrians and the Israelites will be divided into thirds. I'm in the text. I promise you, I had to see it for myself. And he will call the Egyptians my people. Do y'all hear that? He will call the Assyrians his possession. And he will call Israel his inheritance. How in the world do the enemies of God become now the family of God? And more and more candy starting to fall out. And now we're like, oh, snap. But Isaiah chapter 53, who has believed what he has heard from us? It's too good to be true. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? How can you actually believe that this is going to happen? And so God is like, oh, it's all good. I'm going to send a few more prophets, but it's going to be some silence for a while. Because you were the last one for a bit. And the Jews are on pins and needles trying to see what's going to come out of the pinata. And then at the right time, in the fullness of time, as the scripture would say, he sends Zachariah and he said, yo, I know you don't got no kids yet. I know you and Elizabeth, y'all been trying, y'all been trying, y'all been trying, but I do this. 
and he turns a re- he makes an entire remix. It's like Golden Girls meets Brenda Got a Baby, huh? And my girl Elizabeth has a baby bump when she shouldn't have no baby bump. But that child would be the prophet that would go before the Messiah, before the Lord. How is he the Lord and the Messiah? Yes, sir. And John the Baptist grows up filled with the Spirit before he can even spell the word Spirit. And he goes out into the wilderness. He creates, I'm telling you, read Luke, a multicultural, multi-ethnic, multi-here's the language, dimensional congregation from preaching a hard word. They were coming from Tyre, Sidon, wealthy places, and the hood. Capernaum carrying on Galilee, Nazareth. From all over to hear this rusty old preacher in the wilderness. He don't even got AC. No children's ministry. None of the stuff that would draw the multicultural crowd. He preaches a hard word. And the heart of the human knows so desperately that it is wicked that when somebody finally tells the heart what it really is, it says, I don't like it, but I got to get closer. And all people are drawn to him. And it gets to the point where they're like, oh, this must be the light that we've been waiting for. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. Y'all might consider me the goat. But in just a little while, there is one who is coming, whose shoes I ain't even worthy to untie. He is preferred before me because he actually is before me. Then he sees Jesus coming out. And this one who was considered the goat says these wonderful words. And it's almost like God is like, all right, John, it's time, bro. Like, like the, ki- the, the kids need to get back to class. The bell is about to ring. We got to get this party going. And John says these beautiful words. Now, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins, not of the Jews, not of the Israelites, but of the entire world. And the mystery has been revealed. Paul comes on the scene and says, now that the piñata has been burst, we need to know the Jesus who did this. And he says, for this reason, all that was just shared, I bow my knees before the Father. Do you know what part of our problem is? Our theology and our faith is so fixed in our head that it never drives us to our knees. So we be just thinking diverse thoughts. As opposed to praying to the God of diversity. But Paul said, no, 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 no. Before I move on, because I know y'all want y'all practical takeaways. I now bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Every single tribe, every single nation, every single ethnicity named by one father. And so what does he ask for? He asks for them to know Christ by the strength of the spirit. Do you know that it will require strength for you to understand the glory of Jesus? That, I don't know if you've ever been in calculus before. (laughs) Maybe I'm a nerd engineering class. (laughs) Y'all gonna be honest. It's, it's nerdy. It's nerdy. But I've been in some classes where I'm just looking at the board and it gets to the point where my head starts to hurt. <laughs> because what she is teaching and what he is teaching is too much for my mind to intake. Paul says, if you try to understand this on your own, you will get a headache. So you need a strength pill from the Spirit of God to help you to comprehend the glorious riches of this mystery that is yours in Christ Jesus. You need the strength to comprehend. But Paul also says, and I love this so much, that I want the Spirit to indwell you to know him. 
This is my, probably my favorite part in the whole text, so please forgive me for this. It says that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. This is internal, y'all. We cannot go out just doing stuff. We can't go out there before we know that Christ is really doing a work in here. Paul won't even give you application before he sees your devotion. Come on. Wow. Come on. Come on, brother. Sadly, we as pastors constantly give people application, even from a conference like this. And we are essentially saying, go do it. But nah, Paul says, no, 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 no. In order for this to happen, something new has to be birthed within you. Namely, Christ himself. And I love this so much. I don't know if y'all remember the first Toy Story, the, the OG Joe. Y'all remember that scene where like Woody is the man in the, in, I mean, he's a man. Andy's room, nobody's like Woody. Nobody. He got his name written in Mark on the bottom of his shoe. He's the man. And all of a sudden, Andy want to go have a birthday party. Somebody gives him a Buzz Lightyear. And he gets real excited about this gift. And I don't know if you ever remember that scene. He wipes Woody off the, the bed and sets Buzz Lightyear there. And then the country singer in the background is singing them songs right here. Y'all know what it is. And oh, can be true. <laughs> so he's going in, right? And as the song is going on, the room starts to have a takeover of Buzz Lightyear stuff where it used to be Woody. Part of the reason why our churches don't reflect the branding of the King of Kings is because the King of Kings hasn't really furnished our whole heart yet as well. We can't expect our churches to look like what the King of Kings wants it to look like if our hearts don't look like that. But then finally, after he says... I want him, you to know him through the strength of the Spirit, through the indwelling of the Spirit. Finally, he says, I want you to know him through the unity of the Spirit. Amen. He says, so that you may know with all the saints, say all. With all the saints, say all. With all the saints, say all. That means that this is not, hear me, this is not, hear me, this is not your campaign trail campaigning for only the church with the best doctrine and the best way of articulating that doctrine who gets to know the truths of Christ and then you get to pass it on to everybody else. Rather, we all in this joint. I'm like, yo, that length is crazy. I mean... Eternity past, eternity future. How in the world did you do this? Some of y'all are like, yo, I was deeply depraved when the Lord Jesus got me, and I can't move past the infinite depth of his love. Some of y'all are like, yo, man, I, have, I come from a very cultured background, and the fact that Jesus Christ's love spreads to the breath of every single nation, I'm blown away by that. And then some of y'all are like, but I need them heights, though. <laughs> Because this, this world has been throwing some stuff my way. I need to remind myself that I will one day be seated in the heavenly places with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if I am reading my Bible right, that can happen at any time. Come on. Come on, brother. So after this prayer, he then finishes with this wonderful doxology. And I close here now to him. Say now. <laughs> to him who is able to do far more exceedingly above all that we can ask or imagine, I do think that this is an imagination network, am I right? My question is, are we imagining enough what can happen in our churches? Because far too often we set limits on God, saying, well, yeah, they're used to these kinds of songs, and they're used to this kind of preaching, and I'm used to quoting these kinds of theologians. Oh, cool, if you were a used-to-be people. But we in Christ are a new creation. And in this newness, we should be seeing freshness all around us. 
Most of us got into church planting because we wanted to see something fresh, and now we the rotten apple. But now to him, <laughs> who is able. Do you see why you need now to him? Because the reality is this is an impossibility. Me, Pastor, me, Pastor, I, we say this all the time. People come up there, so how are you going to do this? You got three pastors. You're trying to do this whole diversity thing. It don't really make sense. And you don't have like a, a target audience. We don't get it. I said, to be honest, we don't either because based on the text, this surpasses human knowledge. <laughs> so how are you going to do it? We can't. <laughs> What's the strategy? It's impossible. <laughs> I'm lost. Us too. <laughs> But my Bible says that my lostness does not overround his find-me-ness. And because we are found in him, y'all, what is impossible with man, hallelujah, is now possible with God. Do you get the doxology now? Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or imagine according to his, his work and his power that is at work within us. It's not just him out there that is at work within us, within you. It's working within you. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Why can we pray that prayer of an infinitely above and beyond all that we can ask or imagine? Because we have a beyond God. A God who sent his son Jesus Christ because God went beyond just making the promise. He wanted to make good on it. And he sent his son Jesus Christ in the womb of Mary. And he went beyond just the womb of Mary to actually growing up in taking in and drinking in this, the very word that he himself inspired. He began to grow up submitting to his parents because he wanted to go beyond just drinking in the word to applying it. And he goes from applying the word to not just applying the word to actually going out and healing the sick and helping the lame to walk and giving sight to the blind. He goes, in other words, beyond obedience to the miraculous. And then after doing all of that, we decided to crucify him. What does the, 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 the hymn say? It says that he was obedient to the point of death. So he goes beyond obedience to the cross itself. And he dies a bloody, a bloody death on a gory cross. He is whipped and he suffers. Do you know that God in his eternal wisdom could have chosen any time in human history to die. But instead, he chooses the long-suffering death on the cross to show you that taking up the cross ain't a microwave ministry. And he suffers long. He's bleeding out all for us. To do what? To bring in this multidimensional church. But... If our story ends with him going beyond God just not just saying he loves us to him proving his love, not just to him growing up, but him to, to him being obedient, not just to him being obedient, but him to doing the miraculous and not just to him doing the miraculous, but him going to the cross. If our story ends there, this is just a tragic story. No better than toy story. But hear me. After going beyond the cross, he goes to the grave. And he lies in the grave for one day. And he lies in the grave for another day. But hallelujah, praise be to God. Early Sunday morning, y'all. Early Sunday morning, y'all. Our Savior went beyond the grave itself. But then he does this. He's risen from the dead. He goes to the disciples and he says, yo, I want you to go do something for me, though. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples. And we stop there. Of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to serve all that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Did you hear what I just said? Once again, he does not want you to just have pretenseful imitation. He wants you to have prayerful communication. His intimacy never leaves you on the mission. But then he goes to heaven to do what? To prepare a place for us. And he says, in my father's house, there are many rooms. Why? Come here, John, again. <laughs> the other John, not the Baptist, but the apostle. I saw and behold <laughs> around the throne all tribes, tongues, languages, in other words, cultures standing. How are they standing, y'all? Do you know that Abraham fell in the presence of God? Do you know that Moses fell in the presence of God? Do you know that Isaiah fell in the presence of God? How in the world are we standing up in the presence of God? It is because I am not standing based on my reformed doctrine. I am standing on the back of a savior who rose from the dead on the third day. <laughs> Clothed in white robes, which to my brother, Dr. Williamson's point, there is no culture that is inherently wicked. All of it is redeemable. Palm branches in their hand, a symbol of victory, saying one thing with one voice, salvation belongs to our God, not our tribe, not our theological, not our theological family. Salvation belongs to our God, not, hear me, our cultural people. Salvation belongs to our God and to the Lamb forever and ever. Hear me on this. The reason why we need to pray limitless prayers is because we have a God who has done the limitless work. And if his love stretches breadth, length, height, and depth to infinity and beyond, then our prayers need to be the same as well. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth of the scripture. And I pray, oh God, that for everyone under the sound of my voice who loves you, who desires you, who wants to worship you, would you help us as a people, as a community, as a network, oh God, to pray, not to just try to practice. We need you for this work, God. If we are gonna go to infinity and beyond. We need a to infinity and beyond God. So we are leaning on you in this work. And I pray that in the generations to come, we will look back on Harbor Network and we will say, God did a crazy thing with some crazy folk Amen. to the glory of your great name and the glory and majesty of Jesus Christ, our King, all God's people say, amen, 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 amen. amen. <laughs>